Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I want to help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. Fitness Pro Mentor community, welcome to another episode. I'm really excited because today I've got some superstar people joining us. I got one guy that's changing the landscape in the fitness industry and on the online world, Mr. Vince Del Monte, an old friend. But honestly, the guy that I know is not who you are today. You have completely leveled up and changed, and you're building an empire, sir. So I'm honored to have a few minutes of your time. How you doing? Brand, I'm doing great, man. I love that intro. Thank you. Yeah, honestly, man, I when I was thinking about doing this podcast and like introducing experts in the industry to other personal trainers, you are at the forefront of my mind because you have literally gone from making $10 an hour to changing your entire world by doing the fitness world online. And then after you dominated that, for some reason, you got bored and you moved on to the next thing, which is now helping other fitness professionals build their online world. So I'm really excited to have you and hear more about that story. Yeah. You, you can only talk about uh, what's better, the leg extension or the squat for so long before you're <laughs> getting too many haters. <laughs> Which is, what's funny about that is that's where I met you. Like talking about that is I met you in an RTS class with Peter Chason, the late Peter. Um, yeah. Which I think is, you know, really a testament it, to your story that you've constantly yeah. always been challenging yourself and pushing yourself forward. Yeah. We should even tell them our relationship, you know, where we left off was me hiring you to help me script out a lot of my biomechanics videos, which ended up being some of my most most successful YouTube videos when I was able to just, in my way, just dig a little deeper on some sub- subject matter that would have been considered controversial and get people to think about things differently. I realized that in the tail end of when I was exiting fitness, um, everyone was really stepping up their game and the audience was becoming much more savvy and much more mature and they were thirsty for um, different ideas and ways of thinking about building uh, muscle and uh, the way you move in the gym, etc. So I just realized I needed someone in my corner. Even when someone would challenge me, I'm like, I th- okay, I text you quite a few times, Brandon, go read this comment. How would I respond to that? Because I got stumped. So I was... As I was creating, I was learning, and um, I learned, uh, you know, earlier on, if you didn't have someone in your corner doing any QA, you could get yourself into trouble pretty quickly, and next thing you know, you got haters, and you're like, shoot, I'm just trying to help people. What did I say? And you're like, well, you didn't, you didn't actually think about what you said there, and that can become a problem because people are watching. Yeah. Well, you entered into, and this is, I mean, an interesting part of the story, and I appreciate even bringing that up because it was such an honor to work with you. Honestly, being in your corner in that way, I learned a lot about business because I learned a lot about how you just conducted yourself and grew things, which was incredible. But you entered into this interesting world where you were battling other YouTube people who were quote unquote science bros. And even if I gave you incredible information that was academically true, you had people with larger or different followings that could say pretty much anything. And it was this battle of nonsical who's in whose corner kind of thing. And it was hard for you to get past that because it wasn't about science. It was about who's fan of who. You just explained that really well. Yeah. I couldn't say that better. 
So on that note, if you don't mind me asking, uh, you have an origin story, man. I mean, you went from the $10 an hour trainer after $50,000 of education to now help and change lives. Do you mind sharing a little bit of that for people who aren't familiar who you are in your story? Yeah, absolutely. I went to the University of Western Ontario, now Western University. I got an exercise science degree. They call it kinesiology. And uh, my intention was to do what my parents told me, uh, to be a good son and to um, go to teacher's college and be a high school phys ed teacher. And I saw nothing wrong with that. I was actually quite excited to do that. And um, somehow I missed my cutoff by 1%. I couldn't get into teacher's college by 1%. And that's because um, I was an average student. I struggled. I had tutors all through high school. Um, even though I lived with some super smart dudes, a few of them who became orthopedic surgeons. My best friend to this day uh, is an orthopedic surgeon. So we were going to the same classes, the same library. He would be getting uh, 97 on a bad day and I would be getting 63 on a good day. So I always just struggled with school. And then I, I struggled with, you know, even the sport that I committed my whole life to running. I was a distance runner and I was a good runner, but I never, you know, was a national champion or made national, the Canadian all-star team, et cetera. So I was a mid packer. So I always had this complex that complex and this belief um, that I was average and that I was literally always behind. So my story, if you look at my origin story, was really one of a guy that just was trying to be better and trying not to be average and, and trying not to be uh, somebody who was um, just okay or mediocre. And, um, this whole personal training world was intriguing to me because no one had done it. And I saw, Hey, maybe this is something I can figure out and have some success. And so a big part of my story was trying to figure out my identity and I found my identity in running, but then, you know, I was, I wasn't the best runner. Then, um, I got into personal training and same kind of thing. I was a decent trainer, um, but you know, I was like living paycheck to paycheck and I was like, there's no, path here. I remember my dad asked me, Vince, Vince, are you going to be a personal trainer when you're 35? And I said, oh, is that, I never thought of that. Is that bad? And he's like, no one in the family had ever done this. So there was always this story of trying to prove myself and trying to make people believe because I was always going in these directions and no one had really gone in. No one literally had gone in, in my family, you know, uh, the solo path of being um, self-employed eventually when I started my own online business. So my story is one of an average guy who had no intention to be a six-figure earner or a millionaire. I didn't even know what those terms were. I was the guy that was just trying to level up because I didn't want to level off. That was my story. Dude, well, you've consistently done that. Like, you really have done that. And I think anyone that's watched you, I mean, I've had the honor of knowing you for ten over 10 years. And I would say that every time you release a fitness product, which now you have left that world, which I think is a very interesting story we kind of alluded to. And now you've moved more into the fitness, the business landscape of helping people build online business. You're consistently challenging yourself. And I think that's inspirational. Like, I mean, speaking personally to you, that's what inspires me about you is that I've seen you become a better communicator on camera. Like you're consistently everything challenging yourself and hiring the right people to push yourself to that next level. In fact, I watched an interview with Bedros uh, a few years ago and he talked about you with the tenacity that you had and how you approached thing and how you were like extremely overconfident at the beginning. And he said, Hey, try this. And he talked about you being at an event. I don't know if you remember this and let me know. He talked about you being at an event and he gave you like a script or something to say to set up your first uh, mastermind event. I'm pretty sure. 
and you yeah, went around yeah, yeah. the room and you worked the room, he said, and you, you build out this event. Do you remember what he told you to say and how this kicked off the entire journey? Yeah, yeah. So I hired Bedros uh, for um, business coaching to start my mastermind in uh, 2017. And I was coming to the tail end of my fitness stuff. But um, he said, why don't you have a mastermind? You're the only guy who's built up multiple seven-figure fitness businesses. You're the OG of online fitness marketing. You've been doing this since 2006. Why don't you have a mastermind? And I actually told him I did back in 2010, uh, but it failed in the end. And I don't share this story very often. What happened was I had a bunch of guys approach me. They were competitors and they said, Vince, will you run a mastermind for us? We'll pick up the locations, we'll recruit the guys and we'll all pay you 10 grand each. I'm like, that sounds like a pretty good deal. And it's like, what do I teach? They said, just tell us what you're doing. I'm like, that was kind of weird to me. I'm like, aren't we competitors? But I'm like, okay, I'll do that. So the first two, I blew them out of the water. Um, out of the 10 people in the room, some of them are famous right now. Over half of them became millionaires in one year. In one year, half of the group had seven figure businesses. On the third event, we were in Florida somewhere in the Keys, and I never had anybody teach me how to renew people into a second year. And somebody, I heard somebody say, you should bump the price up. And I think that was my, <laughs> yeah, I should bump the price up. I said, we we're going to go for a year or two, guys, and it's going to go up to 15 grand next year. But what had happened was these guys caught up to me really quickly in 2010. And we were supposed to go out for dinner, and they said, Vince, we want to talk to you. These 10 guys have become close friends of mine. Many of them are very dear friends to this day uh, still. Put me in a hotel room and said, Vince, none of us are renewing next year. And we want to tell you why. And they said, you blew us away in Mastermind 1, Mastermind 2, but we all caught up. And you, you kind of just showed up at this last one. And I realized I didn't know what I was doing. Like in terms of how to lead, I was just sharing, but I wasn't like learning fast enough to stay ahead and that was really demoralizing to me. So I just went back to doing my own thing. And that was the end of my experience with running the mastermind in 2010. So now fast forward seven years, Bedros is asking me, you know, why don't you have a mastermind? And I told him this story and, uh, you know, we had to get through some limiting beliefs. Baby, that is recording. The yeah, later tonight. And I'll, and I'll have two. <laughs> The reality of a home entrepreneur with a beautiful family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's not leaving until uh, she gets her word in, and she did. So Bedros, back to the story, was um, asking me, why don't I help you? Why don't I coach you? You know, you've hit this glass ceiling. You're upper limiting. You don't believe that you can do this, and you can do all this, but it's because you don't have coaching. You don't have guidance. And um, I said, okay, now – there was another failure. There's quite a few failures, but there was another one between 2010 and 2017 that created a lot of trauma as well. And that was um, hiring these gurus to try and run my face, uh, Facebook ads and my wife's stuff to the tune of $50,000. And it took us a full year to figure out that they were actually con artists, like legitimate con artists. They we didn't even have their information. That's how stupid uh, I was to not even get their actual information um, and just after a year, it just dawned on me that we'd done all of our calls on Skype and I didn't have their address when I went to a lawyer. He said, yeah, we can file. No problem. What's their address? I'm like, I don't even have it. And I'm like, how moronic am I? 
and, and and all these things this start this starts to like this is the trauma that starts to show up from like see you're going to always be average see you're never going to be a great business owner see you're always going to be behind so those are the lies that i've been telling myself all through like since my running days and since my school days and that's showing up in my business so now i don't have the confidence to invest in myself and to give Bedros $50,000, although he'd already helped me hit my first million back in 2010 when I joined his first mastermind, I was scared. Uh, I was scared that I was gonna fail again. If I can't get this straight, I'm the guy, I'm the OG of online fitness marketing. If, if this fails again, and he gave me a book to read, it was called um, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Mandatory reading for everyone. And, um, and essentially, um, I realized that um, I was upper limiting. And there's it talks about your zone of genius. It's like this is your zone of genius, but most people don't step into it because if you fail at your zone of genius, you're the ultimate failure. I'm the if I can't run a business coaching program for people, then I'm the ultimate failure because what else have I done really well in my life? So that was like that was the fear. And then he gave me the three magic words to tell Flavia because it's a fifty thousand dollar paid in full investment, and he said uh, Vince. Um, you know the three magic words and i said no <laughs> he goes well go tell your wife these three things right now trust me baby <laughs> and that was it so i went into the kitchen i told flabby trust me baby we need to do this we've got the 50k we wired it over and then that was the beginning of um him the next i think day we we scheduled a call he gave me the script this was like on a monday he gave me the script on a tuesday or wednesday and then the mastermind was friday saturday sunday and I did the pitch on the first day uh, um, to the group and 15 guys stood up as an $18,000 mastermind. 15 people stood up, came to the front of the room and signed up. So it was a uh, $300,000 uh, lunch hour. And, and that was the start of the seven figure mastermind. That's incredible. Now, do you remember whatever you're comfortable sharing, like uh, the gist of the script of what it was you said that kind of coerced everyone? Because obviously you have the accolades of success. But obviously yeah. there's a, you know, hey, this is $18,000. Yeah, so so the, I can kind of give you the framework from step for selling from stage. The first thing is that you got to get, you have to set the environment. So I had to have all, I had a ton of my private coaching clients in the room. Um, two, blew them away with knowledge. Three, had a couple of my celebrity buddies in the room. Uh, four, after lunch, got their permission. Hey, a bunch of you guys asked me, what happens after this? Do I have your permission to share with you guys how I can support you after this event? Raise your hand. Great. Have you guys seen the value so far? Raise your hand. How many of you guys think that it's um, that you'd be able to get better results if I were to be able to help you fight all the day-to-day -day battles that show up? Um, and you know they they say yes. Yeah. So you're getting commitment, 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 commitment. All right. And then what you do is you tell them the backstory, and I tell them, hey. Uh, years ago, or last couple of years, I've been doing these two, three day events, but there was a very low success rate uh, because there was no mastermind afterwards. And I said, there was a few people who were very successful. They took the knowledge from the two, three days, basically what you guys are experiencing. But the idea that you can implement all of this, um, it's, it's just impossible. It's not going to happen. So I start really the way I sell from stage is I don't scare them into like taking action. What I do is I actually open their eyes up to all the battles that they have coming. And I get them to see that, you know, hey, um, it's my job to help you win all the day to day battles. 
and I start to ask them questions. So what are you going to do if you launch this and there's crickets? What are you going to do when you launch your YouTube channel and there's no, uh, and you start getting haters? What are you going to do when, what are you going to do when, what are you going to do? And I just list out a whole ton of things that they never thought of. And I said, Hey, it's not my job to get rid of your problems. My whole pitch is that it's my job to give you better problems. And then I just get everybody in the room to raise their hand. How many of you are planning on building this business anyways? So why wouldn't you go to school on my, um, all my mistakes and all my learnings? And I really, I'm very clear on what they're buying that day. They're buying knowledge, relationships, speed, and accountability. So, you know, the biggest thing, and I just tell them, listen, the biggest thing when you're selling from stage is to take it away from people and let them know, like, this is likely not for you. And the truth is, is it's not because I tell them entrepreneurship is lonely. It's scary. It's risky. Most people don't understand you. Uh, you carry a lot of pressure. There, it's, it's not what you think. You, you probably don't want to do this. And I really, that's the truth. That is the God's honest truth about entrepreneurship. It's probably not for you. And I, I let them know that most people can't cut this because they're posers. They're pretenders. They'd rather be a entrepreneur and have the perception that they're successful than they're actual than actually even being successful. And I said, if you're a wannabe fanboy, this is not for you. But if you want to, if you're truly committed to doing this, just be honest with yourself. And I tell people, be honest with yourself. You don't have to do this. A big part of the way I sell is I, I really tell them that you don't need to do this. And then, you know, my big, my big thing when I sell is that I position myself as the most expensive thing you need before you jump out of a plane. You know what that is, Brandon? A Vince shoot? You need a parachute. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And I tell people, if you're about to jump out of a plane, what do you better have? And what are you willing to pay more money for than anything else? Would anybody say, I don't need a parachute. Okay. So you're about to make one of the biggest decisions of your life, start your own business, and you're going to jump out of the plane without a parachute. So I position myself as I'm your safety net so that you can't fail. You're investing into a safety net today. And I will not let you fail, right? And I always tell people that when you jump out of a plane, how many parachutes do you jump out with? You jump out with three parachutes? No, you jump out with one freaking parachute. And the analogy there is that most people, they have way too many mentors. They have way too many coaches. And that's why they're not successful. They're listening to 20 different experts. And guess what? Your coaching works, my coaching works, but our coaching combined does not work. You have to pick one mentor. You got to put on one parachute and, and, and people really, really respond to that because most, I see a lot of people selling from stage and it, it might work for some people where they just kind of like make them feel really bad about themselves and shame them and blame them and just, uh, just kind of like beat them up and say, what's wrong with you? Like, what did you admit? Like a lot of masculine noise and yes, yeah, some guys need a swift kick to the nuts, you know, to, to take action. But I find like. If somebody's invested quite a bit of money to come to an event, like the reason they're not going to buy isn't because they're not serious. No, they just bought a plane ticket. They, they, they actually are serious. They truly don't feel like they're going to be supported. And especially now in the day and age where we live in, there's so many joke, jokers out there that people have likely been burned quite a few times. And we survey people on um, you know why they don't buy and why they did buy. And, and the number one thing that we hear from people in our world is that they've been burned before and they're afraid that they're going to get burned again. 
So if you can service people and you and you're confident in your ability to serve, then you can make a great promise and you're gonna have a great business. And that's why I push really hard on the on it because I know they're gonna get served because of the community we have, the deliverables, the track record. So I just let them know, like, hey, um, you got to be the most unlucky person in the world not to succeed. And unless we're not going to fully utilize the program and um, not take action, this isn't going to work. And the, and the last thing I do that I'm really, really that I've, I've learned is you really have to plant. Uh, you have to set expectations. And I tell people the biggest mistake they make is that your expectations are way too big in the short term. They're way too small in the long term. So building a seven figure business is a four year journey minimum. So I'm planting the seed right away that you're going to be with us for a couple of years. I'm not selling you on 12 month program. I'm selling you on the journey and I'm selling you. The biggest thing I sell people on is that like you got to own your journey because people say, Oh, I'm not ready. Or, um, you know, I need to do this first. They find all these different reasons. I'm like, guess what? All these are perfect reasons for you to start right now. And because all these reasons are going to be a part of your story that make you attractive to somebody else who's looking at you to hire their uh, hire you for their for your services so those those kind of all of those kind of things combined and then obviously a great offer we got all sorts of cool stuff that we do if they sign up that weekend which makes it irresistible uh, we bring people up on stage so they get to hear success stories and then i ask them hey do you guys want results like these guys so we, there, it, it, it's a whole uh, choreographed experience but um those are kind of like, the, that's the core messaging and um, it's worked really well. Yeah, no, it has been. I mean, obviously, I mean, you just told me off camera um, and I hope you don't mind me prompting this, but you said that you had $2 million months in a row, which is just astronomical. Uh, the combination clearly, because I mean, I hate saying this, you, there's no way you get to a seven figure month like that two times in a row just by luck. Like it's a combination of the social proof and your offer for sure. Two separate times. One was... Um, actually on a weekend so they weren't back-to-back -back months uh one was from all of the revenue that came in from our recent event uh, which was an accumulation of two different coaching programs uh, ticket sales as well as um, recordings of the event as well as virtual tickets for the event uh, sponsors it was a whole list of there's 10 different things that led to that which was a really really cool experience because i'm like Maybe I should just stop doing everything I'm doing and just do events <laughs> because this, this one event, how and I just started thinking like, imagine I just stopped all the lead generation I was doing and I just promoted an event. I stopped trying to book calls and all we did was just, Hey, we're doing events. Come to the next event, come to the next event. And that became, and I, and I don't know if I'm, maybe I, maybe I got to think about this a little harder, but um, yeah, anyways, I'm thinking about it out loud right now. I'm like, Huh, why don't we just replicate that model? Because it worked really well. <laughs> Maybe we have to edit that out so we don't give away too much candy here, man. But I think that's a great idea. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. I got a, I do have a question for you and I want to try to get you into some of your nerdier stuff because you got some great proprietary things I'm excited to talk about. But I wanted to give you a quick little lesson that you subconsciously accidentally gave me one time that changed everything for me. And I was sitting in your old house in Hamilton and we were going through some nerdy exercise stuff trying to like set up. Uh, I can't remember. I think we were calling it mass mechanics at the time, but it came, became yeah. something else. And I remember talking about, you asked me a couple of questions about my business just very softly. And you kind of like, you were in the kitchen doing something and you stopped and looked at me and you went, See, this is why science guys like you have a hard time growing your business. And you went back to doing your thing. And I was like, 
what? And that sentence of that science guy's like, you can't grow a business, like anchored into my brain for so long that when I opened the gym seven years ago and I was promoting RTS and speaking to everyone and science that I wasn't growing my business. It was so hard and frustrating, but your words have anchored in my mind, which threw me down the journey of learning more about communication, social proof, marketing, messaging. And it's all because of that one intuitive sentence you shared. And so I'm eternally grateful for that, but it's just the small tidbits you share are all incredible. Yeah. I mean, you guys are so smart. I mean, I guess, it, I don't know. It's, it's a blessing and a curse. Like it's, it's, I just see like, wow, like I see the value, um, but I think one challenging thing for guys with a lot of academic background is that you got to know who your avatar is, first of all. Now, if you're creating certifications um, for the guy that wants to get certified, that's a different audience than the end user. I think one of the biggest mistakes like our clients make and this anybody who's an online fitness coach makes is that their content is too technical. I read it and I'm like, this is good content for certification program. But for the end user, if you look at the biggest brands in fitness, you just, you just lose V shred. Uh, those guys are in the same mastermind that I'm in and uh, they're getting uh, their, their value $800 million. Like just, just some people won't even believe that. And if you look at like, how are these guys so successful? Like they're appealing to the end user, the everyday person. They're not trying to impress um, the academics. So I think you got to be very clear. Well, I don't think, I know you need to be crystal clear on who your avatar is. Technical information is good for people that need technical information. But if you're trying to grow an online business, you really need to dumb it down and make it super simple, you know, expose one limiting belief, uh, give them one aha moment, spell out the lesson, give them one tip. And you look at some of these big brands like, you know, six pack shortcuts. I learned this from Mike Chang way back in the day when we were training together in Austin, Texas. And I said, what, what's your approach towards making your YouTube videos? He goes, I just give them one tip that they can feel. And then I'm like, oh, that makes sense. When I watch you like explaining the tricep press downs, you're like poking your the back of your arm and you're squeezed. like, yeah, I just want them to feel it because if they feel it, then they're going to come back to feel something else. I'm like, Okay, I always wonder, like, why is he over explaining how to do a tricep press down? Like, don't people know that at the bottom of the of the movement, you just squeeze your arms? Like, no, people don't know that. People don't know that. So then they come back to my channel and they say, oh, that one tip you gave me to squeeze the muscle at the bottom. Oh, my gosh, my triceps are growing. So he just understood how to simplify stuff for us. That's like just like so basic uh, to where people are having all these breakthroughs in the gym. And that's why their channel is way bigger than the technical science guy. Well, and I remember now you saying that and I want to talk, but I remember I would give you an idea. We were talking about a video and I'd give you one little breakdown. You go, oh, that's three different videos. Awesome. <laughs> because it was so many different things, but it was exactly that. You take one idea and make it all about feeling, which is incredible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just kind of make it snackable, right? It, it's, you know, what's a good communicator? It's not, it's, are they absorbing what you're saying? Right. Are they actually taking it away? And I think that's one of the hardest things for content creators, too, is to is to simplify and to have just simple uh, takeaways and lessons. And if you look at great communicators, you know, especially pastors, like their points lane, you feel like they're speaking specifically to you. I mean, that's a skill set that takes years and years to, to become better at. So it, it just comes down to I think I have a simple framework around creating content 
and I'm happy to share it with you. But the very first thing is to figure out who are you talking to? So have an avatar. All right. And then the second part of um, your content framework, a caption would be what's the limiting belief that this avatar has. And you're not trying to expose 20. It's one. So what's their objection? All right. And then uh, three, the third part is to story tell because facts tell so stories sell. And that really resonates with me because people aren't going to remember your information. But if you tell them a story about maybe I'm trying to explain how lifting lighter builds bigger muscles. And I talk about a story when I lift heavy, you know, all I did was have a sore back and I was limping to school. And, uh, you know, there's a whole backstory. And I was paying, you know, 500 bucks a month in therapy. And I used to always have an ice pack on my shoulder. People remember those visuals. And it wasn't until I learned uh, from the certification that it's not what you lift, it's how you lift. What's And then, you know, you finish it. That's the aha moment. So the third part of the caption is an aha moment. And the best communicators are the ones that can make it really succinct. They can make it pop. So you have a, a, a one-liner. It doesn't matter how many reps you do if they all suck. That's a good quote. And you and I know both know where that line comes from, right? So, so that comes from our education, though. So I think good communicators are very educated so they can explain their ideas in ways that are memorable and that are shareable. So when you have this framework, you start to strip everything out but the one idea you're trying to land. And then um, finally, you create a CTA that's built around that aha moment. So, hey, if you're ready right now to learn about how to build bigger muscles with baby weights, love to put together. Uh, we'd love to share with you our plan to do that schedule call below or whatever. But it's all now in alignment. So now when you're creating your content, every piece of content is for a specific avatar uh, within your world. And this is how people start to see that, oh, wow, I had this belief. Now I have this belief and your job as a content creator is to break beliefs. I always say there's no such thing as bad leads, just people with bad beliefs. They don't have your beliefs yet. Once they believe the same thing, then when you make the call to action, they're inclined to say, yeah, um, I'm on board. Yeah, I'm totally all down for building muscle with lighter weights. I can't lift the heavy stuff. I only get hurt. I'm, I'll get, get on a call and see how this works for me. Love it. So. I, on that note, I would say that's one thing I think you're an expert at because there are several competitors at your scale right now trying to do a similar style product. But one thing that I see from you more so than any of the people who are lateral to you specifically, Vince, is you give everyone the impression that they can do what you can do. Like you take a picture and you have the Bentley in the background. Like you're not like ostentatious, but it's it's there. Like, hey, like this is you can do what I can do. All you have to do is you got to figure it out and you got to level up. And you've consistently done that to give everyone the power and belief that they can do what you can do. So if you don't mind, Vince, I'd love, you know, the seven figure mastermind, you've created an incredible product. What are you most excited about with what you've created that differentiates you from everyone else? The community. Community. Uh, if you came to the Facebook group, if you didn't come to a single group call, you didn't do a single one-on-one -on -one call. You didn't come to our live events. You didn't go through the portal. You didn't come to office hours. If the only thing you did was hang out in our Facebook community, your income would skyrocket. So this wasn't by accident. When I launched the group, we had a Facebook group and it was crickets. It was dead. And I was so frustrated. I'm like, why are these guys not posting? And somebody said the simplest thing to me, like, why are they not? I said, why are they not engaging? Why are they not engaging? And somebody says, are you engaged? I'm like, no, I was not posting at all. So 
someone gave me the idea is why don't you just start giving away what's working in your business every single day and get really far ahead of them and just start to inspire them by taking action. So I just started putting up this thing we call gifts and I would just give, Hey guys, here's a little screen share of a, um, of a post that I just did. This just, uh, this one just crushed it. Or, Hey guys, this video here is going viral right now. Look how I did the, the title. Look how I did the thumbnail. Hey guys, this series right now is blowing up. Look how we built it around this like enemy that we're attacking. What's your enemy? So I just started giving really tactical advice and all of a sudden people started engaging. And the next thing you know, other guys started posting gifts. So in our Facebook group, we probably get at least five to 10 good quality gifts every single day where guys are like literally coaching the entire community. So I think what we have is, that's because we always ask when you testimonial videos and we ask them what was the number one thing that you got from this program that you did not expect that's a good question by the way when you're doing interviews i hope everyone caught that and um and because then you'll find out like what people really like about your program everybody says the community i had and then the big thing about our communities we have the big guys um always giving as well it's not like just the beginners and what i do privately is I'll private message a big guy who sends me a private message and he just did a 450K a month. And I'm like, hey bro, um, can you go back in the group and share your top three lessons for the rest of the group? So I am teaching my students to be go-givers, all right? This group is not for you to come take, this group is for you to make better. So I position the whole masterminders around like, it's your job to make this place a better place. If you don't give to this community, you're letting us all down. That's not typically something you hear somebody say to somebody who just paid you a lot of money, but that's, that's the culture that we have. So I think that's the number one thing I would encourage people to do. And there's a like deep rooted relationships with a lot of these people. There's people like, Hey, we're doing sales roll call today, uh, a role play today. Hey, we're doing um, a, a one hour deep work session today. Here's my zoom link. Come jump on if anybody wants to join. So there's like this, all these deliverables in my coaching program that I didn't even create. The members did. Which is incredible that the inertia of what you've created has turned into something so much. You started the avalanche, but it turned into something completely different at the end. Yeah. So, so our big thing, and people's like, what are your retention secrets? I'm like, um, we just have to get people engaging. Like, it's funny because we did a little thing. We're like, hey, what happened to all these people that didn't renew for year two? And we did a little uh, research, a little digging. We found there every single person, the only video that they did, the only post they did in our Facebook group was the welcome post. So if you join today, we'll have a welcome post on Sunday and we tag you and you have to do a short 60 second welcome video in front of the group. Hey, I'm so-and-so, here's my kryptonite. Uh, here's, here's my strength. This is what I'm looking forward to. And we noticed a common thread. Every person that didn't renew their only post in the group was that welcome post and then they went dark interesting we're like interesting. so what do we, now we're like all right cool let's fix this how do we get how do we make sure that these people don't just post once because people that post regularly now you've got the peer now why does this work it's called peer accountability there's three types of accountability there's coach accountability um, self-accountability but the most powerful one is not wanting to disappoint your buddies it's like a bunch of us Say, hey, let's do 75 hard together, Brandon. Like you, me, a couple other buddies, we're in the same small Facebook, uh, little, little text message group. You don't want to be the one guy after seven days saying, I'm bowing out. <laughs> you 
And because they're in front of their peers, the pressure to step up, it's, it has a different, like a, a really positive influence. Anyone who's listening to this, I mean, you need to go back and re-listen to that section because the power of the peer accountability, I mean, it's evident. I mean, clearly it's working for your business. That's fantastic that you guys are tracking that and figuring out how to get people engaged. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that's it. People want a sense of belonging, right? And a, another big thing we've realized is that um, when people are buying high ticket coaching, they're buying four things we call, we call it the 4A factor. So they're buying attention. So they want attention. They want it. They, so when they're, 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 they're doing a, a win, they want people to know that they're winning. If they're giving, they want to be known as a go-giver, right? They want to be seen, hey, look, I'm valuable. And it's just not about how much I make. Um, another, another thing is affirmation, right? They want respect from their colleagues. They want respect from their coach. Uh, another thing they want is access, right? So our big dogs, they're engaging with the, with the, with the new people, which is pretty cool. Like I didn't think Frank would be in the group posting. Like Frank posts more than everybody. Frank's our top guy. Yeah. And, uh, oh my gosh, um, Charlie Johnson just responded to one of my posts. Yeah. Charlie. People are surprised. Like, how do you think these guys became successful? They became successful because they gave first. Other people gave back to them. And now they continue to do it because it's it's the thing that creates the right environment, the right culture. And it's it's who they are. So people start to see, oh, um, this is what I'm supposed to do. And then the fourth thing is accountability. You know, you can't get that, you know, in a course or, you know, on YouTube videos, but in a group. Uh, we, we do all sorts of things for people to stand up and say, hey, did you do it? Are you on track? Or are you off track? And if you're not, let's support you to get back on track. So that's the stuff that is, is, is the magic that makes people get results. Well, Vince, thank you for sharing that. And we got you for five more minutes. And I got one more big question I want to ask you that kind of leads. I mean, the thing that I think everyone who's been following you for a few years and knows you personally, but also been watching you is your evolution. It is clear that you have gone from the, the, the season of bodybuilding.com, Vince, to the season of uh, fitness educator to the season of now business mentor for fitness professionals online. And each one of these seasons, I know garnishes a lot more time and responsibility to divide between your business, your family, and then personal self endeavors. And I know one thing that you've talked about is the sacrifice of your own personal fitness and health in the process of you building your business. And I was wondering if you kind of speak to that journey and where you are now with it. Yeah, so about three years ago, I don't know, my wife and I just started going to a, a lot of different wineries. And I, I used to always enjoy the occasional glass of wine, but um, I think it was when our third baby came, uh, Brianna, who's the one who just came down here. Uh, she's going on four this summer. But um, that one just knocked us out. Like we were kind of just getting by with two, and then three, we were drowning. So, and the problem was, is that I wasn't bending. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to continue to push my business. So there's, there is a big insight there. Like I didn't want to slow down. Oh, I have three kids now. What do you mean? I have to slow down. Uh, I want to keep pushing. I want to keep growing. And I was trying to grow my business and I didn't have capacity. I was, I was a bit off way more than I could chew. And I forgot that I had uh, family duties and fatherly responsibilities that you just have to own. You, you don't, there's no amount of money that, um, gets you to, um, 
skip these or to uh, avoid these. Like you don't get to a point where like you just don't get to do certain things. Like you can't pay someone to raise your kids or to be attentive or to be engaged. Like that's you can't outsource all this stuff. Like you can't schedule this in. That, hey, I'm going to do quality time for 15 minutes with my kid. It doesn't work like that. So or else you're gonna if you're gonna try that, good luck. You're gonna need it. Um, so what happened was I went to um, a beverage that would reduce stress in the evening and that would um, calm me down and that would put me on the couch and that would help me disconnect. But that would that led to, you know, comfort leads to a complacency um, and now roots from compromise. So anyways, I got in, long story short, I got into some really, um, it wasn't like overnight, but like next thing you know, after like three years, I was like a lean 205 ripped muscular for, for a couple of years in the tail end of my fitness videos. A couple of years later, I'm like close to 230 pounds. I'm like, I've got a freaking massive gut. Where the heck did this come from? And uh, I just realized I needed a change. I actually hired Bedros again for his final year of private coaching in December. And I told him I got this gut. The first thing he said to me on our first coaching calls was this. You need to fix it. That's all he always said. He says, you need to fix it because it's created imposter syndrome, right? There's no authority in your voice anymore. When you know that you're lying to yourself every day, you're making excuses, you're negotiating, you're choosing pleasure over purpose every single day, then you're not going to be able to command the respect from anybody because you don't even have respect for yourself. I read the book, The uh, Big Leap. I said, what should I do? And he said, you should do the project probably at some point this year, but you need to uh, do something. And I, I said, I need something extreme. I've already tried a bunch of programs I just drop off after three weeks. He's like, so I said, what do you think of 75 hard? He said, yeah, do it. And I got a group of guys. I said, I'd actually tried it before twice on my own and I'd failed. So this time I actually rounded up some guys I did not want to disappoint and we did it together and uh, knocked down. I uh, went from 226 to 205 in uh, 75 days, 150 workouts, no alcohol, no treats, 10 pages of reading a day, four liters of water a day, and uh, the progress picture every day. And and, the, and I did it in the wintertime here in Canada. You know what it's like here. So there was nights I was going out at, you know, it was like minus 20, minus 30 degrees outside to get the second workout in because one of the workouts has to be outside 45 minutes. It was, it was probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. It's amazing. And if you don't mind me asking, how do you plan to maintain this juggle between your business's growth and now staying healthy. Yeah. So I have uh, me and my brother launched a new program. Um, it's kind of my, um, my way back into fitness It's called men of bedrock. It's really neat. So, uh, we're helping it's a, it's a 12 month program, but we are, it's kind of our version of 75 hard. So there's 11 rocks that we help men put in their life over the course of the year. And in the first phase, we call it the first peak because there's three peaks. It depends how high, how high you want to climb on the mountain. Um, the first peak focuses on foundations, which is your body, your nutrition, and then owning the night, the 30 to 60 minutes before you go to bed and stacking wins in the first 30 minutes of the day. So I have a, I have a couple of things that I, I commit to each week. One is 70,000 steps because that walking really, really helped me stay lean. So 70,000 steps a week. Um, my morning routine is built around um, quiet time. I take a progress photo. I start with two liters of water. And then I send three gratitude texts. 
Now that's the first 30 minutes of the day and I have a set wake up alarm. And this is crucial. Regardless, Monday to Saturday, it goes off at the same time, no matter how late you get up. And the whole thing is to get your head out of bed within one to two minutes max. So do not negotiate with the pillow and to keep that commitment to yourself. It doesn't matter if it's 4.30 or 5.30. What's important is that whatever time you say you're going to wake up at, you wake up at. Or else you're already starting the day hitting the, the L domino instead of hitting the W domino. So we found that when you can control your evening and we have a shutdown time, no phone zone for the last hour of the day, nice. no phone zone, then you have to get your workout clothes ready for the next morning. And Adrian, my brother, he wrote a full-blown journal. And then you journal at the end of the day. It's just, it's really light, just like thoughts from the day. And you write down three wins from the day. And then you project three wins you're going to have tomorrow. And that's how you wrap up the day. And then, um, you um, just disconnect from work the final hour. And this evening time and morning time thing, like we've got, we had, we did a little cohort. We got 25 guys in the group right now. Like they're all like, holy crap. This is like literally after one week, like one people are starting to see like, this is harder than I thought, but this is what I want to get control over. And if you can control those two areas of the day, then you're going to set the tone for the rest of your day, your workout, your steps, your nutrition, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm following the men of bedrock protocol right now. That's awesome. Vince, we, <laughs> that's awesome. Listen, Vince, we got to put a pin in it today. I want to say one last thing. and I have one tiny quick question for you. Um, okay. I'm eternally grateful for our relationship. I am sad for your success only because you're so busy and now moving away that we can't hang out and work out together. And I do miss that stuff. But I'm excited for you because you completely changed your life and you're changing the lives of so many people. It's incredible. So thank you for your contribution. And my question to you, my last one minute question, you are the master of sound biting things and getting things organized into concise little packages. If you were going to give a bunch of trainers a quick sound bite to try and help their career right now, right today, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh. Get in the best shape of your life. <laughs> Everyone, you heard it. Just get in the, yeah, do something super extreme, get in the best shape of your life. And that is going to lay a great foundation for everything else you're going to need to do. Incredible. Vince Del Monte, seven-figure mastermind. Vince, thank you so much for your time. This was full of value, a bunch of information. Very much appreciate every moment of your time. Absolutely, brother. Take care, Vince. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got some value. And if you're ready to learn more about the world's premier fitness business community that gives you the systems, skills, and support to scale to your first $10,000, $50,000, or even $100,000 a month in as little as one year, then send me a message on Instagram at Vince Del Monte and message me success. I'll know what that means, and I'll reach out to you, and I'll see if I can help you.